Hello, fans and listeners of Broken Neck Radio. This is DJ Zhang here. And on the line here, I've got James Farwell. He is the guitarist and the voice of the band Bison BC. Hi, James. How are you doing? Good, man. Very good. Very good. Thanks again for taking this time to talk with us today to get to know you guys a little, to get to know you a little bit better. You and the band. Excited about that new album. Oh, can't wait for the release. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. It's going to be good. I hope. So we'll uh, <laughs> dive right in here for you because I know you're a busy guy. Um, James, we'll get a little personal here at first. Um, at what age did you pick up your first guitar? Uh, I guess uh, probably, I think about like 12 or 13 years old, I think. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it was when I first discovered uh, punk rock music is when I wanted to start playing guitar, so... Like I started listening to the Buzzcocks and uh, the Clash and Sex Pistols and the kind of usual kind of bands back then, DOA and stuff, and then uh, that uh, made me want to play guitar. Where I'd been taking piano lessons up until then. I think I probably broke my mom's heart at the time, but uh, <laughs> it was inevitable. inevitable <laughs> nice. Um, what types of music could we expect to find looking at your personal audio library? Is there anything non-metal? Oh, yeah, tons. Mostly non-metal, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm the kind of guy that I rec- I love uh, good songwriting, you know, like I love Neil Young. I think uh, Phil Collins is an amazing songwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love early, like, I love, like, early Fleetwood Mac. Peter Green Fleetwood Mac is amongst my favorites. Mm-hmm. I love, um, you know, I like uh, Richard Buckner. I like, yeah, I like all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff that you wouldn't, you'd, Farthest thing away from uh, metal music, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, when you guys are writing your music and the lyrics for your you know for any well your previous albums and the one mm-hmm. that's coming out soon here, where do you guys where do you and the guys draw your ideas and influences from? Um, well, I think traditionally it's been a bit more of like a kind of a broader sort of like uh, you know like social commentary, what's happening, what you know what what we see around. Uh, this album, in, admittedly, is a little bit more personal. I mean, I've uh, I've ri- I've written all the songs on this album mm-hmm. myself. So I mean, it's all sort of like, yeah. I mean, admittedly, it's a little bit more of a personal sort of, well, you know, uh, a little bit more of a melancholic kind of, you know. And so the music still is aggressive and violent and grotesque, which is what I something I want. But, I mean, the, the content is, is a little bit more sort of melancholic, and mm-hmm. sad almost. I mean, you know, I've had a lot of, there's been a lot of heartache this last year. Like, I've had friends pass away, my, my dog uh, passed away. Uh, you know, it's been, it's been a tough, it's been a tough year. So I think this, this is coming through in this album, no. you know. Now, my next question, actually, um, it's one of my favorite questions. Statistically, digital MP3 music is now outselling the physical CDs, vinyls, and whatnot. As an artist, how do you feel about this? Well, I mean, oh, fuck, man, I don't know. I, all I can say is what I, I, I just want a fucking moving sidewalk or like a jet skateboard then, you know what I mean? Like, if we're really living in this sort of future that we're sort of... Um, disrespecting where we came from and, you know, the, the the past of what, you know, I mean, I remember when I was, you know, excited about a band's album coming out and I would actually go out into the real world, mm-hmm. I would line up on the street with the real people, talk to them about how excited I was to get into the store and purchase the record and then take it home and 
you know, take the cellophane off, throw it, you know, and look at it, stare at this thing and listen to it front to back while reading the lyrics, reading the thank you list was always like the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You want to see who, what, what other fucking cool motherfuckers your band are thanking, right? Like, oh, they know these dudes in this band and oh, they, they thank that person. You know, I mean, that, that's what it was all about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, uh, it's the way the world is now. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can do. All I can do is try to um, put out some vinyl and hope that someone will buy it, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. that's just the way the world is, right? I mean, yeah. Now, um, Bison BC started off in Vancouver, where you guys dominated the indie scene, garnering a large following. Are there any local venues in Vancouver that you guys miss playing in, or you look forward to playing when you do come to town? Well, yeah, there's, you know, we have a we have a, this mystical, lovely place that was called the Cobalt, which still is called the Cobalt, but it was a different Cobalt back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, and it, we, it, it, it's been idealized as this sort of like, this real sort of last stronghold of real sort of independent, fringian values, you know, really under the radar, you know, and it's been put on this pedestal as this, when that shit closed down, like, we were doomed. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a part of me that I, believes that. Like, Vancouver is not the live music city that I would like it to be. There's not a lot of good places for bands to start out and cut their teeth on, you know. Like, the Cobalt, book anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, your garage band, you got five shitty songs. You suck. Like, you suck, but you will get to play at the Cobalt. Mm-hmm. And that is how you get better. It's because you have people that will let you be on a stage and get better, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, we don't really have a lot of that anymore. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> Bison will, will be happy enough to play at the, uh, the rickshaw, who understand, you know, I mean, they, they, they will work with us to ensure that people have a good time. The Biltmore, for example, will still have a band like us go in there, even though a lot of these places are geared more towards, like, whatever, more popular music or whatever, or, like, you know, not heavy, noisy music, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It's not a city for like, there's a lot, there's a good underground scene for that, but, like, when you go on, out into, like, bars and clubs, there's, it's just not as, as, as dominant as it should be, because there's a lot of good, aggressive, loud uh, you know, punk and metal in Vancouver, and it oh, should be—it sh- it should be larger. Mm-hmm. Am I right? It should be fucking larger. There should be tons of places for these bands to play, but there's not. You know, so exactly, yeah. Um, now, the band—you guys have done some serious touring in the past. Is there any crowds that you guys still talk about? Like, holy fuck, those guys were insane. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well. There's, there's places, man, like, I mean, we've all, we always have a great time on the West Coast. Like, San Francisco is one of my favorite places in the world to go and play. New York, once again. Uh, uh, Austin, Texas, particularly awesome. You know, I mean, it's, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm probably forgetting a lot, you know. I mean, there's been crazy places like... Strangely enough, Columbus, Ohio is really awesome. The crowds there are fantastic. And all over Europe, Germany, 
Germans love it. You know, I mean, uh, there's good crowds all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, your next album, uh, Lovelessness, is being released October 23rd on Metal Blade Records with track names such as Anxiety Puke slash Lovelessness and Blood mm-hmm. Music. Where or what did you draw from to writing this album? Though That is brilliant. Uh, I think it's all about, like I said, it's like it's coming from a little bit more of a personal place, right? I mean, it's all sort of. Uh, I mean, it's it's it. The album's about love, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, uh, and it's not like a traditional love song because you know I I start a band where I'm like, there's no love song. Like it's I'm not gonna write a love song, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Like there's more things to write about, but these aren't love songs. I mean, they're songs about love. Mm-hmm. And loosely related to love. I mean, um, um, it's about loss. It's about solitude. It's about uh, loneliness. Like you know, I live, you know, we live in this fucking huge, massive country where we're so uh, separated, and there's such incredible distance between everybody. And it's and it's a lonely place, and it's a big, cold, lonely fucking place. And mm-hmm. When I walk around, even like a bustling, you know, a, a big city like Vancouver, and I just see people that are just struggling and suffering and going through heartbreak and, you know, uh, not happy and not uh, succeeding in something that they mm-hmm. think is a good life. You know, I mean, it's heartbreak. So, yeah, I think it, I think that's the the main theme. <laughs> this, this new album, and you know, it has a lot to do with uh, you know. This is this may some some idiots might scoff at this, but you know, it's my my dog that passed away. I mean, this is a this is a, a pivotal point in my fucking life, man. Mm-hmm. Like, this was a huge thing to me, and uh, the the cover of the album is a photograph that I took of the tumor that killed my dog. Wow. So that's what that photo, like, like that's the photo that I took. Of, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So there it is. That's what it is. It's just a big batch of fucking heartbreak is mm-hmm. what this album is. Now, on the new album, you work for the claim producer Sanford Parker at Soma mm-hmm. Electrical Audio Studios in Chicago, right? Yeah, um, Soma and yeah, and electrical audio. Yeah. Yeah, and how did it feel being a bunch of Canadian dirtbags working with such a great producer? <laughs> it was good because you know Sam is a fucking dirtbag too, man. Like he's he's a good guy. He's a, just a normal guy. He understands music. He understands you know trying to maybe do something a little bit differently. And he's very chill. And you know I mean, he has. He just has a good understanding, I think, of where we're coming from. Like, we met him, we've met him before, and, you know, when we approached him, I was, you know, stoked that he wanted to do it, and uh, I think us being away from home was also good. We wanted to be a little bit more uncomfortable. We didn't want to be in this sort of safe place where, you know, you go to the studio, and then you go home to your bed and your girlfriend, and then maybe you have a pick up a shift at work or whatever, you know. Like, we went to Chicago, and we worked goddamn every day in that studio, 10 hours a day for 11 days, and no matter how fucking drunk and hungover we were, and we were sleeping on a floor, <laughs> and it was very uncomfortable, and it's not like a completely foreign city. We've been there many times, and we've good, we've got good friends there. But it was still gave us enough of a sort of 
uh, you know, it, it affected the performance enough that I think we were a little bit on edge, and I think that comes through in the recording, because I think it's a nastier recording, I think it's a fucking dirtier recording, and I think it's a more appropriate recording for for Bison and what we sound like. Mm-hmm. Now, with uh, the release of the new album, is it safe to see a big tours plan to support it? Yes. Um, uh, there, there will be now. And the other thing that we've done <laughs> with this year, mm-hmm. like we haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. Now, we've taken this year to pull back and get get to know our town again and get to know our friends again, mm-hmm. get to know our loved ones, our family again, which is very important because we've been traditionally a very busy band and we've been out, out and, you know, we've, you know, left Vancouver behind. But, you know, we're not going to be doing any touring this year. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just that. We needed to, like, cool out and, you know, get to know where we came from. So, tour beginning of the uh, beginning of next year, mm-hmm. you'll see us out. No, my next big North you... American tour in Europe and all mm-hmm. everything. You like going to Europe? Oh yeah, got yeah. Now that actually ties into my next question. Okay. Bison BC is known for its intense live shows. With the whole Randy Blythe incarceration overseas situation, has that changed how you allow your fans to interact with you at your shows? <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, when I read it, when, when I heard that, that all was happening, and I, I thought it was very, you know, it's always very unfortunate. I mean, there's been like, a, you know, there's been a good rock and roll history of, you know, people getting, you know, injured and mm-hmm. killed at rock and roll shows. I mean, I don't know. I think it's sort of like this idea that you're going into this sort of wild uh, venue, this wild place where. You know, growing up, and I used to go to these punk rock shows, and fucking skinheads would come with two-by-fours, and, like, you know, like, it's sort of like, it's the nature of of going, of being a part of this. It's like, and that's sort of like what makes it kind of exciting. Like, you know, that's, it's it's not normal life. That's why we do this, is because we're not fucking normal. Mm -hmm. We do this, and you see fucking, you know, (laughs) <laughs> where people are just, you know, I mean, it's, it literally looks like people are fucking trying to kill each other, mm-hmm. you know, and we all know that that's not the case, mostly, right? I mean, obviously, there's douchebags and there's yeah. idiots, and there's also people that, well, you know, and I've seen a lot of front men, and I've seen a lot of uh, band members that have someone gets on that stage and they fuck them up. Mm-hmm. Like, get the fuck off my stage, or a bouncer does it, or whoever does it, and that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, you know, you go into that fucking place, man, and that shit happens, and that sucks that someone got really hurt or killed, but it, that's what's happening there. Like, mm-hmm. what? why the fuck are you there? Yeah. You know, like, that's, it's called, it's called living, but it's not like... You know, I'm walking down the street, I'm going to my job, and I'm going out for coffee, you know. Like, this is, like, a whole other thing. <laughs> I know this is has what it made you guys for. Has it made you guys skeptical and all on how you guys are going to conduct yourselves when you guys are overseas? No, no, no. No? No, absolutely not. I mean, I'd be hard-pressed if, uh, uh, you know, I mean, somebody... 
I'm a polite Canadian. Somebody mm-hmm. gets on my stage, I'll maybe give him a little kick in the ass. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, that, that's just who I am, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, it's your stage, man. You do what you want on it. Someone gets on that stage, they're going to have a consequence. Yeah. Like I say, whether it's from a band member or from a, a bouncer, right? And there's like fucking people are running hot. You're on that stage, you're in the middle of your set, and you're feeling it, and you, you're doing what you love. It's your fucking art, it's your fucking life, and you are running hot. And somebody is there, and they're, they happen to get in the way. It's kind of like jumping in, the, in front of a fucking train or <laughs> jumping in front of a car, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're putting yourself in danger's way. And I think people walking into a mosh pit, getting onto a stage, know that. Mm-hmm. They must know that. And if they don't, then they're fucking stupid. And, well, I don't know. That's a whole other story, maybe. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, so I'll stop there. <laughs> the, uh, the track Anxiety Puke Lovelessness was released for listening not too long ago. And reading on your Facebook page, fans are loving it. When a track is pre-released and received so well, does that make you more anxious to get the album out and get touring? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, fuck, man, what am I going to say? Obviously, I want people to like it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's sort of, it's always surprising. You know, I always think, and especially this time around, because this was a real, I really think this one sounds a lot different, and I think the, the where we're coming from is different, and sonically it's different. You know, I mean, so, I don't know. I, I'm stoked. You're already but, stoked. Uh, <laughs> come again? I said you're already stoked? Yeah, I'm already stoked. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. You know, I'm, I'm always humbled. I mean, I put, like, honestly, I mean, I put a lot of fucking, I put a lot of work into these songs. Mm-hmm. We've all put a lot of work into these songs. So, mm-hmm. I'm very grateful, you know, and I'm very humbled. And, and, and a lot of these, and a lot of these people are, have transcended being, you know, fans, because we have friends all over the world that started off as fans that have become our friends, that have, that I've, you know, that you, you develop a, a real relationship with, and then respect, the respect goes up. Mm-hmm. I respect fans, absolutely, but, you know, when you know somebody intimately, and then you, you know, the respect kind of goes up a bit, so, and that's always, you know, very humbling, where somebody that I have, you know, utmost respect for her, tells me, and then I can trust them. Because a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you're, oh, that song's great, man. Like, you know, I, I say that a lot, and I don't fucking mean it. I don't give a shit. Your song sucks. But I'm still like, oh, yeah, great song, man. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about people that I really respect here. Mm-hmm. And so that's the good thing about being a bit of a seasoned band, because, you know, I can pick through the, you know, the, the, the fucking seagulls that are just kind of flapping around. Like, I know what the real people and what they really mean, and it's nice. I like it. Well, i got two more questions for you. Sure. First sure. question, is there any up-and-coming indie bands that you guys have taken a notice to in the, in the local scene? Um, oh, there's fucking, there's great bands in Vancouver, man. I don't know about up-and-coming. I know bands that have been working their asses off. You know, I mean, around here, there's, uh, who do I like to see? I like to see Hagatha play. I like to see Mass Grave play. 
I like to see uh, slow learners play. Mm-hmm. I like to see, uh, actually, you know, I've got this other shitty uh, pop-punk band that I play in called Scarebro. Mm-hmm. I'll just put that in as a little plug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good, though. But we, we play with this band called Losses, and they were fucking great. Like, and where did they fucking come from? I don't know. They were fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, what, that's what being a part of a scene is all about. Mm-hmm. I go out, and I see live music. And I see bands that I don't, I've never heard of, mm-hmm. and they're fucking awesome. Cooked and Eaten are awesome. Toby Attic are awesome. You know, I mean, there's awesome fucking bands out there. Simon mm-hmm. songs are awesome. You know, there's there's good shit out there. Ancients are awesome. You know, there's 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 a lot of good stuff happening. And um, weirding is awesome. Like I'm still trying to think of like there's mm-hmm. all kinds of you know I could go on and on and on. You know, and I apologize to anyone that I <laughs> missed. But those are, I mean, that's just the, the problem. Like, there's a lot of good music here. Mm-hmm. We just need to put more focus on it, you know. I don't, you know, we don't need another fucking crybaby singer-songwriter. We need some fucking rock and roll, man. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking rock and roll town. <laughs> I know it is. It's just kind of sleeping a bit. Like, come on. So finally, <laughs> what can us fans expect from Bison BC on the next tour? Um, well, I mean, it, it, it's it's it's. I think it's an entirely new energy with with Matt in the band now. Still, mm-hmm. so we're riding on that, and I think we have all felt a real kind of good sort of rebirth with these new with these new tunes, you know, and I think we're just excited to get out and play them because we're, I think we're, we're like proud parents of these tunes, man. Like, we really want the world to see them, and, and I think we represented them really well recorded, and so now I think it's time for people to see it, you know, live and get just fucked up with them live. So, yeah, that's that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again yeah. for taking the time to chat with us. We do no appreciate problem, it. Man. And uh, thanks again, and good luck on the upcoming album and on the upcoming tour afterward. Thank you. Thank you very much.